0: One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do
1: more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better
3: My name is Jed Mishu. I am a writer for MMAFighting.com, the greatest website in the entire world. And We are back with another episode Damn! They Were Good. With all the things going on in the world of MMA the past couple of weeks, we took a mini hiatus, but we're back. We've got a great episode planned. And in fact, it is one that touches on some of those recent events that have happened. Because today we are talking about the one, the only, the recently retired... Donald Cowboy Cerrone. That's right, Cowboy retired earlier this month after loss to Jim Miller at UFC 276. And so we scrapped all the plans we had, had some other fighters lined up, said, no, we got to put those aside because we need to talk about the career of one of the most unique fighters in the history of of MMA and and certainly the UFC. But before we get to that, let me introduce to you the panel this week, joining me, my colleagues from MMAfighting.com, the greatest website in the world, the best friends Alexander Kaylee and Mike Heck, gentlemen, how we doing? Aka, please
4: Fantastic. go. Nothing but positive vibes, my best friend. Yeah, positive vibes today. Positive vibes today. That's what we're here for. My best friend, Mike Heck. My second best friends, Jed Mashu. Uh, just narrowly behind. There is a list. There is a tier. Um, you know, we had done. You know, we had done. We had done rankings talk earlier, and uh, on my friend rankings list, Mike is number one. Jed, do not be ashamed that you're number 2 this it's you know I'm not
3: ashamed at all okay. I'm thrilled I you're I wouldn't have there. thought I was that high so way, up. way to go uh eat it the rest of the mmafighting.com yeah. staff <laughs> I'm I'm number 2 let's go now i just got to find a way to off mike and, and take his place at the top mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: wait we could also be i could i could off ak and then you could be my best friend so now I see where Ooh. your allegiances lie. So okay, oh, well, fair enough. Fair little, enough. We got
3: a rock, paper, scissors. Why did, going
2: we, <laughs> why did we go
4: to violence? Why? I, I was, you, you could just become a more like you could become a more likable person, and that might also affect. That your, is, yeah.
3: that's not possible for me. Okay. We went to violence because that's what this show is about, baby. This show is about those who bring us violence and did so throughout our career. And there's a case. I think there's a case to be made that Donald Cerrone has given us more violence than arguably any other fighter ever. When you think of the sheer volume of fights, and we're going to get into all of that about him, but like, this is a dude who for the last, I don't know, 20 years has been absolutely electric television and, and the, one of, one of not the most active people day in and day out. You saw him multiple times every year. And so that's why we're, that's why we're going to violence, AK, because Donald Cerrone would want us to choose violence.
4: Yeah, no, I fully, I fully <laughs> agree. I fully agree. It's crazy when you, when you mention like just the longevity, how, how long he's been doing it. Uh, I keep my own like personal record of like a very, it's a very plain sheet of everyone who's fought in the UFC and I just list their records, uh, and who they fought, just, just straight up everyone who they fought. And Cerrone is like his own page. He's like, he's like his own, it's, it's, it's so crazy to look at. Cause it also includes some of his WC stuff. Um, uh, if I included all the WEC stuff, it would be even longer. Um, so he's one. I think RDA is reaching that, but even he, uh, Jim Miller, of course, obviously. Jim Miller, um, yep, yeah. But when Andrei you look Arlovsky, at these guys, like that's Arlovsky, where we're at. yeah. When you look at these guys in their resumes, yeah. Here, I'm looking at story right now. Yeah, it literally takes up actually uh, its own page and then spills over into the next into the next page. So it's amazing. And when when you asked us to do the show, I was like, I, I obviously, a lot of moments immediately jumped to my head, and then you know, once you dig in and do some more research, you're remembering you're remembering fights that you hadn't watched in like 10 years, hadn't even thought of in in ten years. Uh it is it's been it's been an incredible run. And I genuinely felt something in my in my little tiny heart. Um, you know, when he actually called it quits recently.
3: Yeah, man. It is. Uh this has been one of the hardest episodes for me to get prepared for, kind of doing all all the look into because they're just so much of it. Like picking one or two options out of some of these categories was like, and and a lot of it all it all felt at the same level, right? Like he he reached highs, but there it's really hard to pinpoint like a uh, what is what are the most iconic moments of his career because there's just so much of it, and there you can it's easy to find the low points, I think, but like the highs and just kind of what are the standout performances, that sort of stuff was really difficult because there's just so much of it.
2: Yeah, he's uh, he's just one of those guys, you know, when you say anywhere, anytime, he is the definition of that. So, yeah, a lot to really unpack with Don Cerrone. This is actually a pretty fun journey considering he just retired less than two weeks ago as we record this. So, yeah, I mean, there's just so many fun fights and performances, even not recently, but even a lot of his early losses were were a lot of fun to watch and go back and so fun. And just take a look at. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll talk about a good chunk of those on this show. Yeah. Speaking I mean, a that- chunk,
4: which is always a fun word to say. <laughs> I almost feel like you have to like take his career in chunks. And I guess maybe we will. Uh, I, I don't know where you got, uh, what angle you guys are coming at. um Some of these, uh some of these sections we're about to to tackle here, but like, there's just, like I said, he's been fighting for so long. You, there really are sections. There's a whole like weird little welterweight section where he became a, a ranked welterweight, like a top ten legitimate top ten yeah. welterweight. There's again that span from from the end of WEC to sort of his first run through the UFC, where he was like on this great streak headed towards a title shot. um There's the the very end, of course, that we could look at, where he's fought, continued to get all these huge name fights. um Did not you know come out on the winning end of all of them, but. Was was it was a big name guy till the very very end until you know until we just saw him hanging up and then there's all these other little mini chunks little win streaks here win streaks there finishing streaks here finishing streaks there guys he's fought two three times uh champions he's fought from other organizations this is like this this you, you you could do two episodes really you could like you really need to like divide oh, yeah. into all these little all these little parts of his career because it's almost like a certain sections of his career are like have as much drama and as much storyline and narrative as like other people's entire careers.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, his, he his character arc, it, it was like, there are several peaks and valleys going through it. It's, and I mean, it, it just sort of speaks to him. That's why I wanted to do the episode when he retired. I, I immediately, uh, texted Sean, uh, Alshadi, our editor and was like, Hey, uh, I know we were going to do, uh, I was going to do Anderson Silva, uh, but then I was like, hey, you know, Anderson is kind of evergreen and I, I want to do Donald just because, because it, it is so fresh. And I also think that there's there's a good argument to be made. I think everybody, even newer fans, probably know enough to appreciate Cowboy just because the UFC kind of – he is this big personality and the UFC did a really good job of, of putting him front and center and, and kind of what he was as a person and a fighter, making that known. But, I mean, there's still – Because of the way his career ended, you know, I think there's still probably some fans out there who maybe just didn't under don't fully understand like what Cowboy meant as a fighter because he hasn't won a fight in three years or or something like that. So if you came into the sport relatively recently, you're just looking at Cowboy as oh this guy who has all these records and and is cool, but it's not it's not Cowboy. You know, you're not attached to him. So it's like I want to do this. While it's fresh in the mind, while people are here, so we can kind of talk about a a really really unique career because I I think there's there are not a lot of people who had a career like this.
4: And and I believe this is the first uh, damn subject that has not that has not won a uh, major title interim. That is Otherwise, correct. Yeah, because what Liddell Bisping Condit Condit at least won correct. interim interim welterweight title, right?
3: Yeah, and Andy was a WBC champion, so yes, yeah, correct. this is. This is the first non-champion uh, that is ever on. Damn, they were good, uh, and I think in a lot of ways it's pretty fitting given sort of the his career arc, you know.
4: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to add any more addendums. I feel like uh, I don't know if we need to get start sinking into this, <laughs> you know, digging our teeth in here.
3: There, there is a lot. Before we hop into it, I just want to throw it to Mike one more time and see. Mike, uh, before we hop into into the meat of this, what is uh what's your biggest kind of thoughts about what What are your broad thoughts about Donald Cerrone kind of as a fighter uh, as he what did he mean to you as your fandom evolved? Because I think you came to the game a little bit later than AK and I. And so that's that's an interesting subject to me, because certainly I knew Cerrone back in the WEC days like that's that's where my fandom's at. But I I think you came in a little later. So I want to know like where that sort of happened for you.
2: I mean, I came Versus actually did a great job introducing me to Donald Cerrone because I didn't watch a lot Shout of Shout out, his out w- to Versus. Shout out to Versus. <laughs> WC, I didn't watch like a lot of the car. Like I watched like some of the later stuff live as they happened on Versus in in different events that they had, but early on, Versus always had like old WEC fights or cards or collabs, They were really
3: good about that.
2: All the time. And there were two fighters I was introduced to that really stood out to me right off the bat. Carlos Condit was one just because you looked at Carlos Condit. The GOAT. And you were just like, this guy's not that good. And then you watched him fight and you're like, holy smokes, this guy's a psychopath. Like the, the nickname matches the brand altogether.
3: Absolute monster of a human just being. Just a
2: monster. And then Cerrone was another one who just came out with the cowboy hat and like everything fit the nickname and the brand so well and he could just fight his ass off. And then as his career progressed, he became the ultimate, eh, that's not surprising type of fighter because whether it was a matchup or he was fighting this killer or he fought a month later or two weeks later or he signed on to a fight two days after his last fight, none of that was surprising. It was was just typical cowboy being cowboy. It was like, he was like the Manny Ramirez of MMA, where just no matter what he did, it wasn't surprising, <laughs> whether good or bad. So, yeah, that that's who he was to me. I, I was introduced to him in WBC. It was like, okay, this all makes sense. And then as his career went on, you saw him have the highest of highs and then as and kind of the lowest of lows. He'll just always be the guy who, if the lights weren't really bright, he was about as good as you can find. But when the lights are really bright – they were really bright. They blinded him in, in some cases. <laughs> they did so. blind him. Yeah, he's that, that guy. That is
3: for sure. Uh, and we will get into all of that uh, in just a moment. But before we do, every, uh, every week, every episode when we're doing this, I like to give a rundown of a fighter's career to kind of contextualize. We're going to hop into that, only this week it's going to be slightly different because there is so much of Cerrone's career. I was going
4: to say, good, good luck with that.
3: I was going to say, it, it is hard <laughs> to just hit bullet points here. And so... Uh, I have stripped it down to essentially all of the records that he has because everything else uh, is a byproduct of that. And the simplest way to talk about his career is by the numbers. So he made his MMA debut in 2006. He made it to the WEC uh, one year later. Uh, true to Donald Cerrone form, <laughs> 7-0 and by the time he made it to the WEC. So the man got busy very quickly to start. He had 10 fights in the WEC challenged for the lightweight title twice there and an interim belt there as well. Uh, Then moved to the UFC in 2011 when they folded the WEC in, he fought 38 times in the UFC that is tied for second all time. Of course he, uh, he also is tied for second all time at wins behind Jim Miller. As we know, they were fighting for the record of most wins in UFC history and Donaldson really lost that one. He is tied second all time in finishes at sixteen with Jim Miller as well. Uh, he is tied sec or no, he is individually second all time in significant strikes landed inside the UFC. He does have the most knockdowns in UFC history at twenty. He is tied for the most bonuses in UFC history at eighteen. That is a tie with Charles Oliveira. However, there's a big caveat there because he has six fight of the nights and twelve performance bonuses, but. That record does not include his five Fight of the Knights in the WEC, so he should be the individual leader in bonuses uh, and the individual leader in Fight of the Knights by a considerable margin because we all know the WEC was functionally a byproduct of the UC at that point. So that is a total of, just in case you guys weren't, aren't good at math, 23 post-fight bonuses in his Zufa career functionally. Uh, also five, five, five of the nights in WC is the most in that organization's history. And that means he had a fight of the night every other time out in the WC cause he only had 10 fights. His 2009 fight against Ben Benson Henderson was the fight of the year. Uh, and his overall record was 36, 17 and two, no contest. And that's, that's Donald Cerrone by the numbers. So let's get into Donald Cerrone by our awards section. On the first award, we always start with the one that's going to lead our conversation for most of it. It's the Mount Rushmore. This is, everyone knows what a Mount Rushmore is. What are the four fights uh, that you choose as the best, the brightest, the most important or significant of his career? Or alternatively, uh, if you are just trying to show somebody who doesn't know anything about Donald Cerrone, what are the four fights you should watch? Here they are. I've got a big list, as you can imagine, but I've narrowed it down to my four uh, and then we'll go to you guys and maybe throw out a couple of honorable mentions. But, uh, the first one, I I think to me, it was incredibly important. I think this was the only easy choice I had on this entire list was the aforementioned fight with Benson Henderson at WEC 43. That was the 2009 fight of the year. Uh, arguably the best fight in WEC history. Um, I I think probably is frankly, um, and it showcased every he lost that fight Uh, he he did not defeat benson Henderson that night uh a a recurring theme he continually fell short for his title bids but mixing the martial arts constant back and forth action uh one of the best fights you'll ever watch and so that was the only easy choice for me i'm assuming that is on both of your lists as well
2: definitely
4: mine yeah so henderson won for sure uh yeah, it's exactly what you said. It was like it. It's funny. It was the first meeting between the two, but also from that fight, where you know, as their careers branched off from there, every fight that like you you could see kind of where you see so many traces of what they would eventually become and where their careers would go in that fight. Um, Henderson Bendo, classic Bendo form. If you if you are wondering why he's called Bendo, I don't know if he's done a lot of Bendo stuff in the last you know whatever three or four years. I can't remember. I, I his fights are all a blur now. But definitely back then, there was a reason he was called Bendo. I mean, it was cool cannot submit that man. Could not submit that man. I swear, Cerrone was going to rip his arm off his body, especially in the last something like thirty seconds of this fight. I mean, he just went after it. Uh, Frank Mir was on commentary, I think, and he's like, he thought that he was gonna just dislocate his shoulder, just pop it, pop his arm right out.
3: Dude, it was so deep, like it was I, so deep. I still don't understand how it didn't happen.
4: <laughs> any, I, I, any three of us were even come close to the situation. Well, oh, that arm tapping, is
3: gone. I'm tapping so quickly.
4: That's an amputation for any of us. That's like yeah. a that's a, a the bone's gonna pop out, infection, done. Um, you know, I'm a one-armed man from now on. Um, yeah, it's just incredible. But also, yeah, like Cerrone's like resilience and like being able to battle because you know Henderson uh, was doing some really good work in the ground, doing some good ground and pound, really frustrating him early on. And it's 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 kind of this fight where like why I get so frustrated when people. Especially one particular, you know, very famous sports pundit, like, question Cerrone's heart or say that they could tell, like, before a certain fight, oh, he was quick. And don't get me wrong. I understand Cerrone has said these things himself. He said these things before his fights that he psyched himself out. He's spoken about things in retrospect, saying, yes, before big fights, like the Conor McGregor fight, I just didn't feel like I was into it. So it's not a criticism without merit. But I, I, I just hate the overall idea that, you know, and I hope people, because he kind of ended on this big losing streak, that people don't have this uh impression of him that he was a like a quitter or mentally weak in any way i, I which i don't think he is at least when it comes to fighting and i, I this fight should, should be an example um yes it was a long time ago he's a different person then sure whatever you want to call it but uh yeah, anyone who thinks like man this guy can't gut through adversity like watch this fight and uh the crowd did not like the the verdict they did not think that benson henderson won the fight
3: yeah i uh i i i, I went back to watch it again before this and you know, I went in with the idea of watching it sort of to score, and then I just sort of immediately forgot it because I was oh, like, God. "Oh, this just rules! <laughs> this is just <laughs> awesome! I don't really care who's winning right now. Like, I know Bindo wins it, but this is just this is just incredibly fun." Uh And so, like that, like I said, that was the only one that was a the easy, easy one for me, even though it's a loss. Uh, it was a tremendous fight. So I, just next, wanna kinda, I just want to kind of, I just want to kind of add to that oh, yeah, jump because. In, Mike.
2: I know how highly, especially you, Jed Revere, the one hundred and fifty five pound division, and how it has Best been division in the world, baby. Yeah, it's been sort of the 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 gold standard division. This fight is a top ten lightweight fight of all time, in my opinion. This oh, is yeah, one of the ten sure. greatest one hundred and fifty five pound fights, probably top five if ever. Being honest, yeah, ever in the history of the division, and I am not, and that's all of MMA. This fight was fantastic, and it actually. A lot of these fights when you go back and watch them, sometimes they live up to, to what you remember them. And then other yeah. times they're actually better and then they they actually withstand time. This one does that. This is a must watch. This is actually one of the – because we always talk about fights like you go and show new fans about some of these guys. And this is one of those fights that you just show MMA fans in general. Like this is why I love the sport. You go and show them this fight. It is phenomenal. And yeah, it's, it stands the test of time and Cerrone just his ability to the arm bar. People always talk about Tony Ferguson against Charles Oliveira, like, oh my God. And then you compare it to that one. And it's like, man, these two guys are ridiculous. So yeah, tremendous fight. One of the greatest lightweight fights ever in the history of MMA.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you on that. And yeah, it's, it is proof of why I always say that lightweight has been and will remain the best division It's just. Like, cause at the time is the other thing to remember this, this was WEC. So at the time there was this at certainly in retrospect, ridiculous stigma that these fighters were lesser because they weren't the UFC lightweights because they were still over here. And then obviously they come over to the UFC and that lightweight crop of Benson Henderson, Anthony Pettis, Donald Cerrone. Like, these guys end up dominating to some extent that, that division for years to come. And you, this whole, that whole fight was insane and awesome. Uh my next one I'm taking Eddie Alvarez at UFC 178. This one was probably the closest to getting kicked off just because I think there that whole run was so I was trying to find a win there because that run up to his uh UFC lightweight title shot was really important and definitive in his career and I think the Eddie one is the it's the fight I chose largely because Eddie Alvarez coming into the UFC off a ton of hype bellator champion the underground king a dude many people thought was like could be the best lightweight in the world uh once he got his chance to come over and if i remember correctly cowboy this fight was a a change of opponent for cowboy uh on relatively short notice and he just came out and the thing that i remember most from this is just the savage savage kicks and that being that like eddie alvarez just buck having his knees buckled by leg kicks there's Donald Cerrone just going after him. Uh, and so I, I'm. this one is the one that I'd be the most willing to get rid of, but uh, it felt important. And then to round my list out, uh, Alex Oliveira, incredibly important because he won the Battle of the Cowboys. We just had the Battle of the Rafael's. <laughs> Donald Cerrone won the Battle of the Cowboys. So uh, first round submission over uh, Alex Oliveira at a Fight Night event in 2016. And so, if you if you win the battle of your namesake, I'm putting you in for that specific reason, and then I'm rounding it out with the Anthony Hernandez win. That was a UFC on ESPN plus one. UFC. Alexander Hernandez. Yep. Uh, Alexander. What did I say?
2: Anthony. Uh, Which wouldn't surprise me if they fought because that's Cowboy uh, jumping up a couple (laughs) divisions. He would fight Anthony Hernandez.
3: Totally correct. Uh, wouldn't shock me at all. But Alexander Hernandez, UFC on ESPN plus one. Uh, This was Cerrone coming back to lightweight. Hernandez talked a mess of garbage at that pre-fight press conference uh, just about how Cerrone was old. He's the new blood. He's coming in. And Cerrone took it to him. Performance of the night, fight of the night, uh, shut up this young whippersnapper and made a triumphant return to lightweight. And for a moment, we got excited about like, oh, he's back at lightweight. Maybe he can put together one last run. Obviously, that didn't happen, but those are that's my four that i'm picking mike wh- wh- you agree with me on the one where are you what are your other three rounding out your rushmore
2: i actually didn't have i actually didn't have any of your other three but that's, that's the thing about not a Cerrone, bad thing. you yeah. can have
3: so many of them like mine are by no means definitive
2: i actually benson henderson's clearly number 1 the rob McCullough fight, i put as number two because that was choice. such an important fight. Those two just beat the brakes off of each other, and that just showed like who Cowboy was. Like the Benson Henderson fight showed he could battle through adversity, but if you just want to go in there and just chuck hands and just chuck feet and just have a brawl, the Rob McCall fight was the one that kind of put Cerrone on the map and set him up for that. Now I know it wasn't his first WEC fight. He had another one that was like less than a minute and then it got overturned because of a diuretic that he took. But then he had the Castillo fight, got a quick submission. But then this this is the fight where, like, all right, this guy could get tested. We get him out of the second round. Let's just see what this dude has. And Razor Rob is just one of those guys. He's an underrated figure in WEC, and Very Cowboy's kind so. of synonymous with, with, with the promotion. And I think Razor Rob is one of those guys that just doesn't get enough credit for what he did for the promotion. That fight was great. The Absolutely. Melvin Gallar- yeah. Hold, Go ahead. Uh,
3: on that note, should just be mentioned when Cerrone retired. Razor Rob fight was the one he cited as his personal favorite fight that he ever had. So, you know, if the man himself is choosing it, you can't go wrong picking it.
2: That's a good one uh for sure. The other two are UFC fights. uh People forget UFC one hundred and fifty. Melvin Gallard mm-hmm. almost bolted him in like thirty seconds. Like hurt him bad. I cannot believe that Donald Cerrone survived that <laughs> that early onslaught, and then he just gets up. And as Cerrone has done many times in the past, we kind of saw it in the Benson Henderson fight where it looked like he was in trouble and this is just going to be one way traffic. He just gets up and flips a switch and says, F it. And then he goes out and knocks out Melvin Gillard like later on, like a minute later after getting almost bolted by Melvin, which is kind of the story of Melvin's career in yeah. all promotions and all different Fair, of the martial arts. That. that is the story of Melvin Gillard. Uh, all the talent. Is the best 30 second fighter probably in MMA history. But after those 30 seconds, it's just not good for Melvin. And that one. But the one that really stands out, if I'm going to show somebody like a highlight real finish, it's the Rick oh. Story finish. What a beautiful combination ending with the head kick at UFC 202. Just a crazy card. And with everything that happened at 202, it's one of those ones that is forgotten about because we think about how that card ended and all that and the story and the build and pun intended with story, but just the way that finish happened, it was so beautiful. It's one of the most sensational combination finishes you'll ever see in the sport. And that was cowboy, man, just finishes like that. When you feel like Rick's, "Eh, maybe Rick story is a little too much for Don, for this version of Don. Then he comes out and just lays that combination, that kick upside that head of Rick story. It's just a beautiful thing. So yeah, you could have gotten a number of different ways with these, but those are the four I landed on.
3: Look, I, I don't have any issues with those whatsoever. I mean, uh, the story one was, it was my number five. It was the one that just outside of it that I ultimately replaced Eddie Alvarez just because of all the narrative implications going into that. But yeah, I mean, as clean and classic of a combo as you're ever going to get. AK, what about you?
4: Mike? Uh, this is why we're best friends. Our lists are almost exactly the same. So if you want to break it with a little, uh, friends, friends forever, forever. Uh, you can.
3: <laughs> wow, is, that, is that a save by the bell reference? It is a save it by the sure bell
4: reference. It is a feature so we much. have not not had the chance to implement much on onto the next one. But hopefully in the future, we will have more picks the same. But this time, our picks almost exactly the same. As Jed said, all of us, of course, the Benson Henderson fight have to have it on there. I had Gallard and a Story. I'll mention my fourth pick in a second. I do want to talk about Gallard and Story more because uh mike uh, let's talk about story first yeah you mentioned like one of the best combinations you'll ever see um the people who did like the sort of the dragon ball z anime edit out there that's is classic <laughs> it just looks so cool um going into it, it's like you know rick's story is like a grinder and in the first round it kind of looked like he might be able to do that you know he's a great wrestler super strong guy great athlete and after the first round we're kind of like, okay this could go you know this could be and this was a at welterweight right so this was like, um, you know, we knew he'd be dealing with one wrestlers and guys who maybe a little bit bigger than him. Though he's never, he's not like a tiny welterweight, but you know, certainly against some of the, the bigger, stronger guys, might be at a deficit. And it looked like that was going to happen. Instead, yes, one of the greatest finishing combos was ever seen. I, I transcribed it: uh, jab right to the body. That doesn't do it justice. Uh, sorry, right to the body should be like all all caps exclamation points. Just kills him. Uh, and 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 as Story reacts to that, a short left, right on the money a head and then that causes story to kind of duck away from him right into a head kick A bunch of more short accurate punches follow a uh, huge knee to the head herb dean not uh, uh probably amazed at this point uh mesmerized not stepping in because story was done after that that knee story was done and,
3: and because he's herb dean
4: and because he's herb dean and this is a uh, hokey we, pokey had, herb this was like almost six years ago guys and we tell telling people like this the, all the herb Dean criticism is not recent this has been going on for a long time anyway oh, not stepping in infinite So Cerrone has to do a lot more punches and he gets the finish. But it's one of those, it's one of those, uh, combinations where like, it's something you imagine they practice in, 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 you know, training, right? It's like, it's like, oh, if if you put this, like, I'm going to put the pads here, here and here, just hit, hit those spots. It's not something you would ever recreate in like an actual fight. And most of the persons, like the head went exactly where yeah. you knew it was going to go. You're never going
3: to get that whole combination out. You want, you get like half of it and then something adjusts. Yeah, it's yeah. Like or right the guy not.
4: falls or whatever. His head just yeah. doesn't go in the right direction. Like watch, again, I'll talk again. watch after he hits the short left, right to the body, short left. Watch how, he's throwing the kick as Story's kind of tilting away. He doesn't, he's not waiting for it. He's throwing it right. He like knows that that's how where head is where his head is going to be and just lands it perfectly it's it's so it's so amazing so you have to have that one on there Melvin Gillard is just hilarious because uh like you didn't <laughs> mention Mel, like like us like us Melvin Gillard and Sorodi are friends like training partners That's friends right. yep. like they, and, and I mean people knew that they weren't gonna like they weren't gonna take it easy on each other you know because they train with other teams too so it's not like they're like best friends and, like oh we're training partners we're never gonna fight each other but it's like it's like these guys are friends um and if this is how you treat your friends this both goes to Melvin and Sorodi, like I don't want to know you <laughs> Because they really, yeah, you're right, like, Galar just, like, really went into him. And yet still, this is kind of like, it's one of the faster starts we've seen for Cowboy, even though, like, he started and, like, walked right into a left hook. But maybe it was the familiarity, maybe it's because they had trained together before that he didn't need a feeling out process, I don't know. Um, But yeah, he rocks him with the head kick, stuns him. And then he throws this running right-hand bomb uh i should tell people by the way the story and gallard finishes are on youtube uh uploaded by the ufc so don't worry it's not, it's not it's not gonna go anywhere just look up donald's all of it's
3: best. on fight pass too also fight
4: pass too but i think a lot you know for anyone who doesn't have that still if you're just using free youtube uh on the ufc their youtube page just look just look up you know best uh, or just look up Don thorny finishes i'm sure the ufc clip shows it first and there's a bunch gallard story both in there but uh yeah you got to watch this punch if people have never seen it before he literally just it is not a martial arts punch this is a punch again Talking about practice. This is something you would never practice. You would never practice throwing a punch like this. You would never be t- in a legitimate martial arts contest. You would not throw a punch like this. And he lands it 100%. He lands it so clean. This is how like one of us would throw a punch in like a, a, a random like street fight. This is how this is. I wrote this down because I I had to phrase it this way. Pardon my language. This is how an asshole throws a punch. Okay. This is not
2: <laughs> how a high level. It is. I want people. This to is how. Now. That's pun- how you throw a punch in a dream, like in your in your in a dreams. dream. Yeah,
4: and you and you only land it in a dream. In no real situation would you be able to land a punch. He, he just all all form all technique <laughs> out the window runs forward and just whips Incredible. a bomb. I've never I, and, and 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 just and I mean it lands and Kalar just goes down immediately. He just goes as and then it's it's so it's so vicious and again I just want to remind people these guys are friends. They are friends. <laughs> That's an amazing finish. It's just—it's so, so good.
3: Some, sometimes you gotta hate your friends, you know. Um,
4: and uh, very quickly, and I'll—I'll I'll just say this one quick because this one's on YouTube too. Uh, him and Anthony Injukwani. This was one of his last fights before uh, mm-hmm. WC Ring of Fire 28 Evolution in a glamorous Broomfield, Colorado, February 2007. Uh, it's a catchweight bout again, guys. It's on YouTube. You can check it out yourself. It's got actually—it's actually a nicely produced little kind of video package done by Versus, I think, um, and someone uploaded it. All the Cowboy stuff is there. It's a slow start. He's kind of getting tuned up. And Jaquani's like a bigger, stronger guy. He's actually kind of bullying him, throwing him around a little bit. But Cowboy hangs in there, finds a way, uh, comes back, gets gets, uh, gets a uh, submission win. It's, uh it, again, this is like one of the first fights of his career and you can trace it all the way to, like, it, he's kind of the same guy, just like a more evolved, older version by the end of it. But it's all there. You watch this fight, oh, yeah. it's all there. It's it's kind of crazy. And by the way, Andrew Kawani... From
3: his beginning fights, or he's yeah. all he's the same dude, he's just more <laughs> same, refined.
4: Yeah, yeah, now. By the way, Andrew Kawani could get his own... Uh, I was going to say, damn, they were good, but his queer isn't quite as... A, a darn, they weren't bad. I feel like he could get his own darn, they, darn weren't, they bad. weren't bad. Darn, they weren't well, bad. Like a 10-minute darn, they weren't bad for Anthony Andrew Kawani someday. <laughs>
3: When when we are on episode two hundred and start needing needing people, (laughs) Anthony and Joe had some fun fights. Not to say the man didn't. He's He's everyone's on the list. You know, some are higher, some are lower. He's a little lower down. Um, Do you guys have any uh, any alternates or honorable mentions to throw in? Any specific ones? Because again, with Cerrone, throw a dart. You know,
2: I mean, both Jamie Varner fights. Were close to being on my list. Those are just battles. Those are just freaking awesome fights. I like the Eddie Alvarez one because it was just a classic cowboy scenario. He's scheduled with Habib. Habib tears his meniscus, and then in comes Bobby Green, and then Bobby Green has to has to exit the fight, and then Eddie Alvarez jumps in on like super short notice, and Cowboy's like, "All right, all right, I'll fight these guys. I'll fight them all." And he goes in there, just whatever doesn't matter, man. Yeah, those amazing. Those are all good. Matt Brown, the Matt Brown head kick knockout was, was, a I mean, oh, so, so, was a good one. I mean, there's so there's Mike Perry was a good. I mean, there's so many good ones.
4: That you can shoot Mike shoot. Perry, I was gonna say because we're talking about a bigger guy, heavier puncher, um, a fast start, generally a pretty fast starter. So it's like it seems like kind of a nightmare matchup. But then uh, Cerrone, hey, he said I'm gonna mix the martial arts. Breaks out that uh, breaks out an arm bar, puts him away. So that okay. was definitely fun to watch.
3: Classic, classic jujitsu from the man. Just immediately jiu-jitsu. and. The last submission win of his career. So, you know, it was it significant because yeah. the man used to tap people all the time. It did. The Varner ones, uh, I mean, both of those were battles. Uh, both of them might, uh, both of them were Fire of the Knights in the WEC. The only reason I didn't include them is because I, if I included them, then I'm included, then I'm just going to do a WEC list, which is kind right. of AK's earlier point of like, we could have just blocked multiple episodes out because- yeah. His his WEC career, I could spend two hours talking about yeah. all those fights because they all were incredible. So I just picked the best one to be the representative on the Rushmore. But yeah, yeah if you have if you've got some time to kill, <laughs> you want to go kill an hour of time, go watch Donald Cerrone fight Jamie Varner for what, forty minutes or whatever it is.
2: You know what the you know the what, what might be the most like end of career like cla like when you say like oh that's classic cowboy the Tony Ferguson fight. Because he went in there and him and Ferguson beat the shit out of each other. And then he lost yeah. it because he did something like literally his coach like, don't blow your nose. Don't do it. Everyone's like, don't blow oh. your nose. And he's like, he's like, I ain't <laughs> listening to you. I'm blowing my nose. And then his whole face swelled up and the fight was stopped. And like his stock went up after that. There's like, oh, this dude just doesn't take authority well at all. But then he lost and nobody cared. Like it was just classic Cerrone. But you're right. Though. Look at his next two fights. G
4: McGregor anthony pettis uh rematch <laughs> so you're right, he didn't lose anything from doing that it's like yeah he's still you're right i mean yeah, the, the, he's he, still held in such high esteem
1: how, how crazy boy.
4: is it like jamie varner you mentioned like that the the seroni the first Cerrone henderson fight was like for the right to to fight jamie varner like they were chasing him which is I crazy because he's so like a ins- footnote now but he it was the guy so they were insane. going after yeah
3: yeah he was the champ for for a hot minute there
4: um uh the one other fight i want to mention miles drury was the uh the ass kicking the literal ass kicking right
3: but, oh that one yeah that's a good <laughs> one.
4: and and miles jury the- was never the same after that like that he was undefeated going in i thought was going to beat Donald sorry i was a big believer in miles jury was never the same he lost that fight i honestly think his confidence just like i mean you fight charles Oliveira next fine, whatever you lose that and then kind of just uneven until and then uneven results since so that really I, I honestly think like when someone does that to you when a grown man does that to you in a fight like you you, you, you can't there's no going back
3: I mean, it's tough. It is a very tough thing to overcome. The other uh, other one I would like to mention, Adriano Martins. Uh, yeah. Just because I think, I think of all fun fact, I don't know if you guys know this. Don Cerrone has as many head kick KOs as Mirko Krokop, um, which is a wild stat to think about, <laughs> given like how we think of of Krokop. But I think his the actual cleanest one of them. You know, the Rick story, that head kick is in the middle of that combination. It's beautiful, but like the cleanest, pure, he kicks this dude and he drops. Adrian Martins, he does the thing where he like lands on the chin and neck and the foot wraps all the way around and it's just as crisp as can be. And Martin just drops face plants down. So like I had that one on because I think it might be his his most aesthetically pleasing highlight even if it maybe isn't one that matters the most in the context of, yeah. of things.
4: That, that's definitely a that UFC clip. Uh, I want to say, though, I need one of the – like, you mentioned all the stats. We need something like how many people have five five or more head kick KOs and 15 or more, like, submissions. It's probably only him. I imagine oh, he's like at, it's a list of one. Of
3: that? That's got to be one. Yeah, that's a list head, of one. Because head kick KOs, the five – like, Crow Cop, him – maybe holly home mm-hmm. like i'm trying to think off the top of my head people have that many th- and holly home haven't been tapping people so yeah. like yeah that's
2: the john McDessey one, one is of one. the john McDessey ones that was like no, that was a no Dude, moss one so like a no moss too. moment he like right? broke his whole he and broke was his just,
4: whole face that was the wave off like yeah. i'm good like McDessey. like i'm good i'm out right like yeah no yeah. more yeah. <laughs> it's just i, I don't want to do this one. anymore Horrible. <laughs> yeah
3: it is there are so so many of them I had one last one, but I actually made an entirely separate category that you guys don't know about, uh, but you're not expected to answer it. But we're going to get to that one slightly later because it just didn't quite fit here. And we've spent a lot of time on the Mount Rushmore already. And we have other categories to talk about. We've got other awards to hand out.
0: Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
1: Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone Atlassian.
3: We've wrapped it up uh, with our top four. There's no agreement, but I don't think we were ever going to have agreement outside of the Benson Henderson one. Uh, And that's okay. I'm okay with that. Our next category, the I am not impressed by your performance award. This named after the famous George St. Pierre quote uh, where he told Matt Hughes I'm not impressed by your performance. And it is we just spent we just spent 30 minutes talking about how great cowboy was Let, let's do the opposite let's talk about when he as you put it mike when the lights shined brightly and and he got blinded by them so uh mike let's start with you because i i know i think i know one of the things AK is going to talk about and i want to table that for later so mike what what is kind of the career low lights for for cowboy for you
2: yeah. I mean, as many options as we had for the Mount Rushmore, I feel like we don't have as, as many options, but I feel still like the lows, there's still a lot. The lows sort of equal the highs in a lot of ways, even though they were less frequent. But I mean, I was torn between two, but I, I have to go with the Conor McGregor fight. I have to go with UFC 246. I know it was later on in his career and a lot of people thought he was already on the uh, the wash side or maybe even beyond that, but... Just everything that went into it, he just. When I when I look at when I looked at Jared Cannonier during fight week for Israel Adesanya, one of the things that stood out to me, like when I'm trying to compare, attitude, like expression, all of that, I thought of Donald Cerrone heading into UFC 246. Like, just try it. Let's try to keep it on the fight. He's trying to stay positive, but you can tell he's just kind of frustrated and doesn't want to really be there and i felt that way the whole week with Donald Cerrone, even though him and him and McG- and i think mcgregor knew that too which is why mcgregor was like hey let's go have beers and let's be best friends and let's have our so arms around each McGregor other at the press ever conference been just
3: like super friendly with the guy he was about
2: to fight yeah, because McGregor knew, McGregor knew McGregor it was about to happen. He knew just looking in his eyes, like, oh boy, like I'm going to go out there and this is exactly what I could have hoped for in a comeback fight. And just everything about that was just, it was just the bad, was just the blinding part of the bright lights for Donald Cerrone. Didn't want to be there. Terrible start. Just looked rattled on the walkout. Like everything about Cerrone that whole fight, we just screamed like everything that frustrated us about Donald Cerrone throughout his career. Like right when we thought, this is when he's going to get over the peak. It just doesn't happen. And then it just not only does it not happen, it just ends in the worst possible ways. And this is that. And we have Stephen A. Smith talking about it and just everything that happened in, 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 the, in the build, the aftermath, everything. It was basically like no one wanted to believe that it was the end of Donald Cerrone. We all believed that there was one last run left in him. And that fight, that fight week, everything that came from it, subsequent interviews after the fact... That was when we realized this is it. This is the end of Donald Cerrone as a, as a title contender. He still could be a fun fight kind of guy, throw him in there with some wily vets or up-and-coming guys who probably won't fight for titles but are at least fun. This is where we've taken Cerrone and put him in that mix of guys where it's just like, at best, we're just going to get fun fights out of him. This is the the end of the cowboy, the, the, the guy chasing the gold, Cerrone, that... We always revered and hoped would happen someday. This is when we all realized it's just not going to happen, everybody. And we just have to accept that. Tremendous career, but there won't be a champion. There won't be that crowning moment where Dana White puts that title around his waist. It's just not going to happen. So i go with that. There's other options. This is probably the easiest one, but this one I just couldn't shake. Even after being in Vegas last uh, a week and a half ago for 276, and I looked at Jared Cannonier throughout the week and how frustrated he was getting with everything and how he just didn't feel like he wanted to be there at all. All I thought about was Cerrone at 246 fight week.
3: Yeah, I uh, I mean if you go to mmafighting.com, best website in the whole entire world. <laughs> uh I wrote Donald Cerrone's kind of retirement stuff and he he notes the McGregor fight was when he knew he was done. He kept fighting uh kind of after that um he even said it before, going into the mcgregor fight that he just kind of he was done but he kept doing it for the wrong reasons you know uh his his wife kept telling him you know hey you uh once you walk away you can't get that back so make sure you're done done and he kept just kind of trying to re- rekindle the spark but it wasn't there anymore i think that that is an obvious and an okay answer my primary issue Is I'm going to make the argument here that that's not as low light because he did his job in that fight because his job was to elevate Conor McGregor back back to the win column in spectacular fashion. And so for him personally, he didn't excel, but he definitely did his – he did the thing that was wanted of him the most. And so for me, I chose – I opted – for almost specifically that reason, I opted not to pick that one and instead chose uh, his rematch with Rafael dos Anjos, a UFC on Fox 17 for the UFC lightweight title. And it, because it's everything that we've mentioned before, he Cerrone was on such a tear at that moment in time. I think it was eight, eight wins in a row knocking people out left, right and center. He had the Eddie Alvarez win. He had the mild jury ass kicking. He finally defeated Benson Henderson, even though that decision was questionable. But officially you got a UD over Benson Henderson and their trilogy fight coming off that violent beatdown of John McDessie. This was like Cerrone was peaking, and the whole story about him was Cerrone's finally put it all together, everything we've seen, and it comes in and RDA blows him up in just over a minute. Like that as one-sided a beatdown as you have ever seen. And it was it was the nightmare scenario. It was every bad thing about Cerrone historically all coalesced into one moment. And that moment happened to be on Fox. So on big broadcast TV for the lightweight strap at the biggest moment of his career against a guy he had already gone to a decision against. And Cerrone was the underdog, but it was still supposed to be at least a fun competitive fight. And it wasn't, it was just an absolute mauling for a minute and six seconds. So, uh, other contenders out there but for me that was the number one and now i want to go to uak because i think you're going to mention the other thing that i had here
4: yeah i'm going even further back uh this kind of played out nicely so so mike had the most recent you went back i'm going even further back i was scared you were going to take this one um ufc 141 him and nathan diaz
3: it's the other fight i had on the list
4: boy i was all in on i was this is probably um during some uh, no, I was already well into my fandom at this point, but definitely um, there's a, probably still not out of my hips, MMA hipster phase yet, you know, where you're like telling your friends, like, you guys don't know about the WC. Like, these guys are serious, man. Like, these guys are going to come blue over cage, like,
3: yeah, Blue cage, baby. Blue
4: cage. You don't know about the blue cage? Come on, man. This um, guy
3: off Tough, who didn't even, <laughs> didn't even win Tough. Just yeah. Didn't Nate, Nate lose Tough? Like,
4: yeah. Huh? He didn't won, lose He tough? won because of an injury, I think. Wasn't it? Manny right? and right?
3: Yeah, yeah.
4: I, he, he did win. Recall, he did win. But yeah, yeah,
3: this this tough guy is gonna beat Blue Cage. No chance. Yeah.
4: and what what is what? what I'm trying to think. What was Nate Diaz doing up into that fight? uh Oh, he beaten Takanori gome Oh, he come. He kind of recently come back down from welterweight, which was one such a senseless move at the time. Uh, beat Takanori gome and then got the Cerrone fight. But at the time, I was like, Cerrone had won his last two with the W C. Four 0 to start his UFC career. Dennis sievers in there. Uh, Charles Oliveira. Actually, kind of want to talk about that a little bit more later. Uh, a nice run, a nice run to start as a UFC career. And Nate Diaz, look, a good fighter, likable guy, popular. But I'm like, I, I'm like on paper, I'm like, I think Cerrone is just better everywhere. Um, I, I'm like, I like him better. I like his grappling better. I like his. I think he's a better striker. Uh, I just, I think he's he's a he's a, a more potent fight finisher. I'm like Cerrone all the way. This is it. This is going to be. And 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 I'm pretty sure, if he'd gotten this uh, fifth straight UFC win, he would have gotten a title shot. Um, Benson Henderson, the next title shot was Benson title. Fight, excuse me. At one fifty five was Benson Henderson and Frankie Edgar. I feel like he would have gotten the shot instead of Benson. I have to remember how Benson got there, but um, I don't remember if Benson just got it because he was the WEC champion coming. Oh no, he wasn't the WEC champion coming over. Anthony Pettis was anyway. My,
3: my recollection, and I do not know that I I won't say this absolutely, but my recollection mm-hmm. was that Cerrone was probably getting a title fight with the winner. Mm-hmm.
4: And it again, this was was this a co main event? This on pay per view. Maybe it wasn't a co main. It was a co main oh it under a, under a brock lesnar under fight. brock
3: lesnar yeah it was a big. lot of people a watch big, this big big moment
4: and he got like housed like it was a, a good like it, it was an exciting fight but diaz just beat his ass i couldn't believe it just because i guess i was so uh, maybe i didn't i was arguably
3: I the best diaz performance ever I, outside that's what of rogan the first was screaming
4: fight. after rogan's just screaming after that's the best the greatest the greatest i've ever seen you nick that's amazing and i and i guess that's how it's gone down a lot of people's minds too and it's not wrong like you say it's not wrong it, it is so complete it is such a drubbing i mean Cerrone's not like going away and everything but at no point i think after the first round you're like he's not Cerrone's not coming back you're just like he's not he's completely not getting outstruck it was so it was snowball
3: shocking. was already downhill
4: yeah it was shocking at the time how how easily uh nate handled him even to this day because like. I still think if you run that one back, Cerrone could do better. I, I don't see it as this fight like, oh, well, Nate Diaz clearly showed who he was and Cerrone showed who he was. Like, I think Cerrone, that's a winnable fight for him still. But if you just saw that one time they fought, you would not believe that. You would not believe he has any chance against Nate Diaz. So that was really, yeah. I mean, that was really shocking to me. And uh, just my, really my... my Especially
3: because my... Cerrone was like a, a sizable favorite in that fight. Was well, he? I don't remember. I didn't like, remember. Yeah, I, I just pulled it oh. up because I remembered him being it. He was like... He closed around minus 300. Okay. Like He was a. Wow. Because at at the time, like he, this was Cerrone really in peak form. And it was supposed to be because th- this is always the fight. Whenever we do a damn they were good on Nate Diaz, this will be a Mount Rushmore fight for him. This is always the fight I think of as his coming out party. Because mm-hmm. I distinctly remember thinking Donald Cerrone can kick Nate in the legs. Nate doesn't really like that. And like yep. that's. And he's competent enough at boxing that Nate can't really do the Nate thing and just kick him a bunch. And, you know, the grappling should be close to even. And it was just, uh, Nate just put it on him. Just absolutely put it on him.
4: I don't want to throw anyone under under the bus here. I'm not even going to name the website. People can find the article themselves if they want to. This is uh, written before. This is a pre-fight thing written uh, after they weighed in. The headline is, Nate Diaz is taunting. We'll come back to haunt him. Okay, that's the headline. Uh, it's it's kind of an it's kind of a recap of the weigh-ins, but also kind of like this opinion thing. Uh, and it ends with uh, the writer saying, "It may have been wise of Diaz to keep the taunting to a minimum. Cerrone will be holding nothing back during tonight's fight. Don't expect this one to go the distance, and don't expect Diaz to be left standing." So, I don't know. Saying this person represents. <laughs>
3: That's about as wrong as wrong can be.
4: <laughs> I'm not naming names. I'm not naming sites. People can find it themselves easily. But yeah, like I, I like I said, I, I was kind of the same way. I don't know if I was using the words that strongly. I definitely thought Cerrone was going to win, though.
3: Yeah. The, the thinking Cerrone is going to win, that is not... that it, You can be forgiven for that wrong, but whew, that is a firm statement for something that did not <laughs> happen. Um. Okay, the last thing I have for this category because yes. figured this is the place to put it and AK and Mike we we can we don't have to spend too much time on it, but contextualizing careers means talking about the good and the bad. And while it's pretty easy to talk about the bad of somebody fighting because I don't that's just never a big deal to me when they lose because losses happen like those are those are explicable. Cerrone has had a, a number of issues, uh, accusations leveled his way. Um, many of them pretty bad, and some of them not even accusations. Uh, the thing in, in this regard that I'm I'm wanted to speak about is Donald Sernia has a, a troubling history uh, with homophobia, and this is not it, this is not a history that is long gone. It, it did start back in the WEC days where he used a homophobic slur to essentially talk and threatened to, or didn't threaten. I think his words were, I can't wait to kill that. Jamie Varner, something to, to that effect, uh, which he was reprimanded for. Um, he has repeatedly used that same slur. He used it to talk about UFC 200 and Daniel Cormier versus Anderson Silva. Um, he called Jason Ellis, uh, uh, that same thing. He has made statements about trans people and, this isn't stuff that happened like in 06 and and went away. This is stuff that happened then and sort of continued to happen periodically. And it it just needs to be mentioned because he has apologized, you know, but those apologies have at least to me always seemed to have been forced by the powers that be saying, Hey, you got to come out and do this, especially because the fact that this, this repeats. And so, that is I don't know if you guys want to comment on this at all, but it is I, I think it needs to be noted that as fun as this dude is in the cage, he has had some troubling things outside of the cage as well, and specifically stuff that it has recurred and, and kept going.
2: Yeah, I mean the Jamie Varner thing, and I remember that whole situation just kind of going back and and doing research and the apology that he came out was was basically about just the threatening to kill, to kill him, but he never mentioned the actual slur, um, which was kind of troubling. But yeah, there's there's just been a lot of that, and then you know with the COVID stuff on top of it. Um, I mean, he's not the only one, but yeah, it's all I'll say because I mean you laid it out as as well as you could. I mean, you have if you're going to talk about the great moments of his career and some of the crazy fights he had and some of the huh. It's cowboy being cowboy stuff. You have to mention this stuff as well. And it's fair to do so. And like you said, this is not something we're gonna spend an hour talking about. But if we go this whole show without mentioning it, we're not we're not doing it right. So yeah, it does deserve to be sure. mentioned. Yeah, and, and I, I for hate sure. that, I and hate
4: that I can... this is this is part of his persona. I hate that it's it cannot be separated from his persona. Um I hope people know when we do shows like this, you know. We understand that uh, MMA and and listen, uh, pro sports in general is is filled with character people that are you know they're glorified for their athletic achievements, not necessarily because of their personalities. This is in baseball, football, basketball. You name the sport. Unfortunately, there's people who like are great, you know, have achieved a lot athletically and are just dirtbags. Uh, it's just it's just. I wish there, it doesn't. It shouldn't have to be that way. I don't think there's a connection between athletic excellence and being a a piece of crap it's just that there are people like that and unfortunately they they you know these people who have are able to achieve that success um you know just feel like they don't have to change cuz whatever they're praised for one thing take me as i am what have you so i hope people know when we record a show like this we are, and we like sort of speak like romantically about this guy's career we are strictly speaking you know about his career there's there is this guy does his achievements in the sport uh means something to to MMA. They mean something to us as fans, to us as people in the media, you know. So in that sense, we are always talking about Donald Storney the fighter. Um and again, Donald Storney the Fighter should not, you know, cannot be completely separated from Donald to the man. And so if anyone out there is like, well, I just don't give a crap what he's done. I hate this guy. Um, you know, he, he doesn't deserve any sort of praise. I understand that. Not that you not that anyone who feels that way needs my validation, but I'm just saying, um just w- w- from where we're coming from we are very much separating the man from his uh from his career and uh is i mean is that always the best thing to do with any athlete probably not but that is you know going forward kind of you know what we what we do when we're doing a show like this but yeah his comments again we yeah. got to reiterate homophobia transphobia uh some accusations of racism uh the homophobia transphobia is very easy is easily documented i mean there's there's public yeah, the- comments that he's made um, uh, there's some racism accusations, so I don't know about that. But homophobia, transphobia, it's out there, completely unacceptable. I don't care who you are. And uh, again, uh, I I don't know if the man is ever going to change. You always hope that that's the case, but if you know if he doesn't, then it's just it is something that is uh, part of his career forever.
3: Yeah, uh, it just is. And I uh, I didn't mention the racism accusations largely because there are there are a couple of them, and they're not they you know. They they do seem to be in earnest, but it is the homophobia and transphobia. That's that's on video. Like that's video you can, social you media. Find that. Like social yeah, media. you, you can just yeah. go see that very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so he had some troubling stuff going on personally. Uh, not as troubling as others, but still needed to be mentioned. And here seemed like the best place to put that.
4: Mm-hmm. Definitely.
3: Now onto happier things. My personal favorite award, the Ivan Minjavar award. This award is for the weirdest, most surprising opponent that Don Cerrone ever faced, or or you can just extend it out to the weirdest career moment. It's named after, as I say every episode, Ivan Menjivar, who, my my favorite factoid in all of MMA, is that George St. Pierre, welterweight goat, MMA goat, George St. Pierre's first fight came against Ivan Menjivar, career bantamweight, uh, remains hilarious to me, <laughs> and thus thus the genesis of this award. And I got to be honest, guys, this award has been, to, to my mind, the all-star of of previous episodes. Because some some deep diving, some strong work from Sean Alshadi. hat tip to myself, uh, pulling some really great choices here. This was the hardest I ever had. And I frankly couldn't come up with anybody that I'm excited about. I dove deep. I tried to to get into the background of his kickboxing days because he has a few kickboxing fights, He's got one pro boxing fight. You know, I, I, I tried. I tried to find something that was super weird and super unique and I couldn't. And so the best answer I have here, I pulled two so I can have options, but the the, the leader for me is it super weird that he knocked out Charles Oliveira given that Charles, like where Charles Oliveira is at this very moment in his career but that's like that's it the only other one i have is James Krause for similar reasons just because i sometimes forget James Krause was like a pretty good fighter <laughs> mostly because he's turned into such a such a great coach and i i distinctly always remember the oliveira fight just because of what that was but I've totally forgot that Cerrone and Kraus fought until I went back and was looking at it. I was like, oh, that that's weird. Like, if you had asked me beforehand, I would have said, no, they've never fought. And so those are the only two I've had. But I, I hope one of you has come with something something brilliant because I couldn't find anything for, for, for Cowboy.
2: I'll go, AK, if you don't mind. Go um, ahead because I, I I'm, have the same I'm answer renaming, Jack, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm renaming this award. I thought you did. I'm renaming the Ivan Menjavar Award to the Paging Shaheen Al-Shadi Award because I have to know. I have to know the the, the the beginnings of this. I have to know where this man went. I I went through a lot of different fights and a lot of different things, and I landed on oh, I Cerrone's so much. Th- third pro fight, Ring of Fire, Colorado, June of 2006. He fought a guy named Craig Tennant. And what is interesting about this is that Craig Tennant— didn't fight before or after this fight. So Craig Tennant, if you meet a guy named Craig Tennant, who says he used to be an MMA fighter, just know that the only man that Craig Tennant had fought in a mixed martial arts bout in his entire life, at least that is known by the pages of the internet, is Don Cerrone. And he got submitted in like a minute and a half. So he didn't get his face kicked in. He didn't suffer the same effects that John McDessie suffered or any of future opponents had. But he went in there and got submitted by Donald Cerrone, and he did not fight before that or after that. So paging Shaheen al-Shadi, get in touch with Craig Tennant. I'd love to know where this man went, what he is doing with his life, uh, and what has happened since then. Because 16 years is a long time. So that's the one I landed on. The Krause one stuck out. There's another one that that I kind of like. Jesse Brock was an interesting one, just knowing who Jesse Brock, Jesse Brock fought like later on in his career fighting Jimmy Rivera in Bellator of all places. He fought Lauren yep. Murphy's husband and got beat uh, at RFA. He fought a guy named Tiago Alves, not the Tiago Alves that we all know and love. And in, he fought Demetrius Johnson in 2010. He fought Tyson Nam in 2011. Uh, a lot of different guys. But to me, it's, it's got to be Craig Tennant, a man who can say that Hey, I did MMA once, and I fought Donald Cerrone, and then I didn't fight again, and I didn't fight before that.
3: It's uh, – I got really excited because, true story, I, I was trying to find – I was Googling Craig Tennant, and I got really, really excited because there's, like, a a Midwestern artist, American artist named Craig Tennant <laughs> <Yeah>. who paints <laughs> and, landscapes. And you're and I like, was like, maybe. <laughs> this is totally – this is totally a thing that could happen in Colorado because he's painting a bunch of landscapes, and mountains and stuff. It was like, oh my goodness, please tell me that this dude is this dude, and that Craig Tennant's like eighty. So it's not that dude. But hold on, I he's got, eighty I, now. He would have been like sixty something. Okay, so it's
4: possible, fight. is what you're saying. It's possible. Possible. Hey, listen, it seems, seems- two thousand six. Seems-
3: Seems unlikely, so I just opted on that not being the case, but yeah. I, uh, like I said, I, I got really stoked when I was googling around to try and find it because the rest of them are uh, the only other things that I can find about some of these opponents are like, oh, Cerrone fought like Cruz Chacon in his second fight had like 20 fights or something, <laughs> like some unreal number of fights when Cerrone fought him, like he just but that's it. So this one was a really tough category, but. Uh that's that's sort of where we landed. And thus uh, that, AK, that, that do you have is, anything else or were you on, on
4: top of The fight's not on YouTube, by the way. I just looked it up. It, it's not, it, it is not. It is it, not. No one filmed this.
2: It's an arm it's an arm bar submission. It was less than ninety seconds, no one uh, according to this. the records. And this is the glory days when events had like subtitles so oh, this was yeah. ring integrity. of fire 24 integrity and before that yeah. sorority's pro debut is at ring of fire 21 full blast oh. and there was relentless and evolution aftershock i mean these are the days where Man, i, I mean mma days. was really
3: we fun. need to bring those back that was, that
2: at, was at least the fun. one
4: championship bring them i can't believe one championship dropped the the names i am so i, I just i because i just did wrote something and it was like one championship 159 i'm like oh I feel like that
2: should be a preview show staple for the rest of time. Can, is that we all we just have to come up, up with our, our own subtitle. Yes. i I think we oh, should do that. It. Oh my all right. We're God. doing it. Do we do
3: it for every show or just pay-per-views? Hmm. Oh,
2: just pay-per-views. We should please. probably do it for. Uh, yeah, we'll do just pay-per-views. Okay. <laughs> we
3: can, we can solve this later. AK. Okay. Yeah. Are you yeah. just with me on the Chucky Wallers or do yes. you have anything else? It's
4: such a bizarre. It's a completely different world when this fight happened. It's not even that. Like we shouldn't even consider it as it's, this is not, this is, this is 2011. This is a lifetime ago. Charles Oliveira was he was a few months shy of his 22nd birthday. He's a baby. Like how do we even This fight's not real. This isn't a real fight.
3: It it's not and it still it's super <laughs> weird to think that like, oh yeah, Cerrone. Cerrone KO'd that dude who's now un able who's yeah. fought all the biggest hitters in the world and can't. He, knock he out. was
4: kind of in a weird stretch already. He he lost. He took his first loss already. It wasn't Cerrone was not his first loss. He lost to Jim Miller. Then had the, the first fight of the Epic Nick Lens Trilogy, which was a no contest. Um, illegal knees, quote-unquote, illegal knees. Should have been a win for um, Oliveira. And uh, and then Cerrone. So he went to this three-fight winless streak. And then dropped down to Featherweight, which is a whole other adventure. So this Cerrone loss, like, this is like a big loss. It sent him like in a weird direction. Um, he was already kind of going that direction. It just kind of confirmed it. I'm um, just trying to see what else. Oh, this happened on a UFC on Versus card. I just want to mention UFC on Versus again. I feel like we didn't mention it enough on this show. And uh, yeah, and it's just a great finish. He just sh- left left hand to the body, just shreds him just shreds them. There's just no coming back from it. And uh again, y- you'd be hard pressed, I think, to convince anyone after that fight that this guy will one day not just be a UFC champion, but like a dominant force at 155 pounds. And this was, I mean, Oliver had a ton of Top hype behind pound him
3: for pound fighter,
4: right? And Oliver had a don't get me wrong, had a ton of hype behind him um coming to the UFC, and he looked great in his first couple of fights. Uh, but after like those losses, Jim Miller and Cerrone, I mean, we should have realized at the time, that that's really just two grown men fighting like a guy still a, who still is still a prospect, but at the moment, I mean, it would, have, it would have been like, well, looks like another talented guy who just, you know, isn't going to make it to the top and it took him a hell of a long time to get there, but, uh, but he made it. And, uh, yeah, it, it again, I, I say again, it looks like a fight from another planet. If you just put that clip on now, it's such a strange thing to watch.
2: <laughs> yep.
3: Very, very weird. All right, next category, easiest category of the entire bunch for me. This was simplest thing I've I've ever had. The easiest time I've ever had in doing all this this show. The Fedor Sweater of Absolute Victory Award. This award named after the iconic Fedor sweater of absolute victory. It is what one piece of memorabilia. If you could have one from Donald Tronni's entire career, what would it be? I think there's only one choice here. I think this is the most obvious, and it's it's the hat. It's the cowboy hat. Uh, but, you know, if you guys want to make a statement or a case or something else, I'm willing to hear it.
2: I mean, it has to be the hat, but I'll go. I actually went different with this one because I knew the hat was so obvious. So, it's And so this obvious. is kind of a, this is kind of an obvious one, too. But I would just go with the gloves that he dropped in the center of the octagon. Like, these are the last gloves Donald Cowboy Cerrone is going to wear as a fighter. So, yeah, I'll go with See, those. See, if
3: I want gloves, I want WBC gloves. Give me... Give Those me are any good of too. the WEC gloves, because I love the WEC gloves.
2: Those are good too. Something something gloves. either the last WEC fight that he had or the last UFC fight they had. Maybe both. How about we get a a, a pair of both? And then everyone just else do can it. have cowboy hats.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm gl- AK. I, I should have just gone with the obvious, but I I never I I never I didn't know what to do with this category with the condit one. So I'm like, I just wrote down Give me a used like tin. <laughs> That like, you know, they spit the dip. You spit dip, right? Dip is like tobacco, right? You spit it. It's like a thing you chew and spit it out?
3: You do. You don't usually spit it into tins. You usually what do you spit do it, it into bottles.
4: The, it? Okay, the, well, give me a the, bottle.
3: The tobacco comes in the tin oh, and you put uh-huh. it in. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, then it because it's in your mouth, it, okay. it's generating spit. And then Give you spit me it out.
4: something that Don Serny has spit dip into uh, <laughs> that has not been cleaned. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I, I thought we I I love- had... I thought we had to I go away from hat doing. or gloves or something. So I'm like, oh, it no. has to be obscure. Or you so, do, give me the tip. You could do whatever you want. I would and give if you it to want uh, Donald
3: Cerrone spit. Then that's okay.
4: I would give you, it to a bloody elbow, my my uh, uh, tag team partner, my between the Links tag team partner, Kristen King, uh, bloody elbows, Kristen King. She hates uh, anything to do with like excessive like blood or vomit. I think. <laughs> uh, and I would I would I would wrap that up and send her as a no, gift. Uh, nobody so likes
3: maybe, dip spit.
4: Well, maybe this guy. Nobody I don't will. know. I'm Uh, just saying
3: Apparently Uh, Man The only other thing That anyone should have taken Is just the BMF ranch Because that place Seems awesome
0: But Oh yeah You know The whole ranch The
1: The whole ranch The whole ranch Uh The
3: the upkeep's a little tough But you know Give me the whole ranch It's the only other thing But the cowboy hat It's the obvious one I'm declaring that one The winner Because it just Very clearly Is the thing that you want Be it the uh, Didn't he used to have An old like monster one That he rocked or the – I love the one he was wearing for his, la- his last rodeo, you know, the the exit hat with the big big feather in it. Any of those hats is great.
4: You know what I just forgot? What was the shorts he wanted to get the special patch on? Do you remember that? And they wouldn't let him get yeah. it. They wouldn't let him get it at first. Um, was it a patch like dedicated this? to his, oh, yeah, gen- his grandfather one. or something? Yeah. Um,
3: well, that's starting to sound a little what more was like it? something i remember it was
4: for i just have to look this up real quick yeah it was a personal patch originally i think they weren't gonna let him wear it i believe he finally because yeah, they don't oh. do
3: patches or whatever
4: oh i should know this because i was there i forgot i was in ottawa that's why <laughs> oh that's why this sounds so familiar uh gosh but what did it mean it was it was a dedication to his grandmother um Yes, and it was taken from an older pair of shorts that he had worn. So he kind of cut it out of another pair of shorts and put it on. So that would be an amazing. I, I, have, a, I have a feeling they auctioned this off. Um, That's a really I, good one. Yeah, they
2: probably auctioned That's it off.
3: That's a really good one, though. Yeah.
2: Or he just kept it. I mean,
3: someone pretty... out there o- does he, own it.
2: Didn't he put a patch on his shorts before he fought RDA, too? I think so. There's like a moist, just like a representation yeah. of like Muay Thai or something, and he got in a whole bunch of trouble for that one, too. Maybe. Uh, yes, he did. I don't oh, yes. It said, yes, yes. Uh, Why?
4: Well, it's it's so crazy because i actually i I was there and and i wrote the story about this so it's good thing that i remembered otherwise (laughs) it'd be very bizarre (laughs) yeah he was fined it was the same pair of shorts i believe or at least the same patch and he was fined ahead of the uh, rda fight a big one apparently you
3: know worth it yeah worth it though next category the international player haders ball named after the iconic Chappelle show sketch (laughs) about the international player haders ball this is, you know, we, we try and keep it level. We go high, we go low. We ride the waves of the career, and now we're nitpicking the career. What are the knocks on him? We, sh- we talked about his worst performances, but what are what are the big problems with him? We have mentioned it several times already. My number one, the only thing I have written down here is that he never won the big one. That when, when the big moment came, he seemed to shrink every single time. Dude fought for a lightweight title fought for three WEC titles, lost them all. And that, to me, is the the big knock on his career overall outside of any individual performance.
4: Yeah, the, the one Henderson fight we didn't talk about was the second one, which was super disappointing because there was so much expectations going into it. Oh, yeah. So it well, was had the ne- fight
3: of the year and then that... Yeah
4: he that had happened. never been submitted up until that point and Benson just caught him in a really and it's again it's a really t- I mean anybody would have tapped to the guillotine if right? people see it like he, that, this was a this was a pop your head off guillotine but i mean the fact that he you know he was able that he fell into it is so shocking uh and you're right i the mean first round you know that was the first of many like we said I, Nate Diaz complete domination Rafael Dos quick finish in that title fight uh, Conor McGregor 40 seconds um yeah, it it there's a pattern, you know, you, I don't like calling people chokers or whatever, but or the, again, we, as we kept saying the lights just being too bright, but there is a pattern and that was the, like that was the first of many, many, many times that it was a huge, huge, huge fight and um, boy that I mean the results could have been could certainly have been better for him.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're all kind of on the same page when the lights are bright, he just freezes. I mean, eventually, and people started to realize it too. It's fighting, and any you could play the anything can happen game, but you always realize that if you can, you could get Cerrone rattled a little bit before a fight, and get his mind in a different place. It takes him a minute to get cooking, and if you can capitalize on that early, you can you could beat him, and you could do some some damage to the man. So, yeah, it's just I would say just the, the lights being really bright, and then just the confidence issues that he would have when he would get rattled, which would led to that, and then. You know, he's a consummate slow starter. Now, there are examples where he was a fast slow starter. Slow starter is a good point. But the slow starter was was a big one, unless you really pissed him off, a.k.a. Alexander Hernandez really pissed him off. And it was <laughs> yeah. almost like he came out and it was like the third round. So, yeah, for the most part, just the slow starter stuff. But I think it all ties together. When the lights are bright, he has, bad co- he has serious confidence issues. For a guy who, when he has a microphone in front of him, he seems very confident in himself. But... And there are certain fights where it just couldn't get going at all. And just it just it was like the anti-cowboy in a lot of ways. But, yeah.
4: Is there is there any questioning the lifestyle? Like we all he's you know, he was very he was very famous for living from fight to fight, you know, check to check. He said he would say openly, yeah, man, whatever money I got off my lap before he before he finally built the, uh, you know, um, invest in the BMF ranch. Uh, There was that long stretch. It was like, yeah, man, you know, I get my, I get my bonus. I get whatever. I get the salary bonus, win bonus, whatever. And then I'm blowing that on some whatever extreme sports adventure thing. And it's cool. Like, I mean, I, I, I certainly don't, wouldn't criticize it. I I think like, that's how, you know, if you want to live your life that way, that's great. Uh, And he stayed busy enough and healthy enough that he could live that lifestyle. But I do wonder what if it was like one less fight a year and like, and more time in training, more time in, you know, rounding out his game. Because as we said... Because as we said, if you go from like any of his early fights, again the earliest one I, I could find was the Njikowani one, to now, he's certainly more refined and better, but he's pretty much the same guy in his fifty-fifth pro fight that he was in his seventh pro fight, uh, a sixth pro fight, excuse me. And that sounds so bizarre to say. And again, maybe there's nothing that we've done about it. Maybe there are so many changes he made that I'm just not, you know, I can't perceive it. I'm, I'm, I am uh, not, not a. Uh, my attention to detail when it comes to fighting maybe isn't enough that I can see how much he's evolved since that fight. But part of me does wonder what if one less fight a year, a little more time taking, you know, just being, getting healthy, working on, you know, keeping himself, you know, working on his mental game. Well, it's, Maybe things going to different. Maybe they wouldn't have been, maybe it would have been the same.
3: It's funny you mentioned that because the very next category is, is called the alternate universe. And it, it's about <laughs> what the biggest, what if of a fighter's career is. And so that happens to also be the, the big, what if for me is, is what if his lifestyle was more that of a professional fighter than mm-hmm. uh, that of of a cowboy Cerrone? And because I I think it's a really fascinating question, and you touched on a lot of the topics. There was a big narrative, uh, especially in the lead up in the the aftermath of the RDA fight, that he fought too frequently. That his willingness to step up, that you you can't deliver time in and time out that much you gotta you need to be taking time to be specifically prepared for fights etc that was the thing that followed him and honestly more directly the stories this dude has about almost dying are (laughs) legendary i encourage you if you haven't read any of them go get google it or whatever there are he almost died in a scuba accident one time where he just almost drowned he rolled his truck a bunch of times He, I think it was a hunting accident where it looked like he almost shot his eye off. Uh, And the biggest one, uh, at least for me, and the one that I think has the most evidence of tangibly affecting his career, in 2006, he got in an ATV accident where he was at one point pronounced dead before he was revived and made a full recovery. But uh, go read, there's a story on ESPN kind of categorizing some of Cerrone's injuries and they talk about this incident there. And there's a quote where he says he, after the accident, he like kind of remembers waking up and holding his innards because apparently he suffered a huge laceration or whatever. Uh, it, the end result was he lost like 12 inches of intestine uh, and, you know, died before being brought back to life, essentially. And I, I am not a medical doctor, but losing 12 inches of intestine seems bad. For anybody doing any athletic activity, certainly a fist fighting one. And especially considering for a lot of his career, one of the knocks on Cerrone was he was weak to the body. And I know, again, not a medical professional. I don't know if that makes you weak to the body or not. Damn sure ain't helping. And he's sure every time he got hit real hard in the bread basket, he folded up like he had diverticulitis. And that's just... those may be unrelated but it certainly feels like they were and that all goes back to your point of the lifestyle he lived of playing of living fast and loose and doing all that was this man has so many of those and fortunately he's here today because there are plenty of stories about times he could have easily died had things broke a little bit different or he been a little less lucky uh but I, i think it's fair to wonder if that adversely affected his career
2: yeah, a good one. Ak, I want you to go first.
4: I, I mean, that's it. I mean, like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, like, I, I kind of segued into this accidentally. Uh, the, I mean, the other, so I, I do really, really wonder how, how those changes, again, if they would have made his career better, would it have turned out the same? It's such a part of who he is, you know. As, as far as we know, maybe that's what helped him. Like, you know, living that way is what helped be who him. who he is, yeah, yeah, find that balance, right? To, to be, to be the best fighter that he could be. Maybe this is the best. We, we are living in a universe. Where we got the best version of Don Cerrone. I don't know. Maybe the Cerrone again, who doesn't do this stuff, who who doesn't live his life that way, is just like mediocre. You know, he doesn't he doesn't have he doesn't have the uh, the peaks that this guy's capable of. I don't know. I don't know. But it is it is certainly fun to think about uh, lifestyle changes. It's it's definitely a good road to go down.
2: I'm going with. I wonder if Don Cerrone became a dad sooner. Like he became a dad in like 2015.
3: Oh, that's a really good one. I didn't even think of that. That's a great one, Mike.
2: Because he seems like, I mean, obviously the COVID stuff that he says and listen, uh, whatever, it is what it is. But maybe a lot of the things that we talked about earlier don't become a thing. Like maybe the racial things don't become a thing. Maybe the things he said about DC don't become a thing. The the homophobic and transphobic stuff doesn't become a thing because he's got – Kids and he's got, he's got to be a role model and things like that. And I'm not saying that like it would 100% do that, but maybe he thinks about what he says a little bit more. Maybe, maybe he's a little bit. Yeah, and maybe he's more up for a Conor McGregor fight because he didn't have kids still after the McGregor fight. I remember if you it correctly. um Oh no, maybe I'm wrong about that. I no, no, I no. He had,
4: he had. There was some dad Yeah, he did. He had one kid. He had one kid. He didn't have the second kid. Yeah, he didn't have mm-hmm. the
2: second kid, but. Mm -hmm. But still, I mean, this is after Ferguson. This is after Gaethje, like, and he was a dad. But I wonder, like, I wonder if it happens sooner. Like, I wonder if, like, 2015, 2016 he has, like, in the middle of his run. Like, or does he take as many fights? Or, you know what I mean? Like, does, 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 does 2013, 2014, 2015, does it happen that way? Or does he take, like, four less fights? And maybe he's more prepared or you know, less vulnerable in those types of situations when the, when the lights are brighter. So uh, it gives them more time to prepare for the, some of the opportunities that he was presented. So that's kind of like the, what if question I have, like maybe, yeah, maybe it's a more overall positive conversation outside of maybe the Jamie Varner stuff. Um, And maybe we're talking about more success down the line, maybe with, with two kids in 2016, Maybe he is a world champion. I who know. knows? We've seen how that can change fighters and their perspectives on different things. So, yeah, I guess that's the what if question that I had.
3: Oh, that's that's a really, really good one I hadn't even considered. So, well done, Mike. Golf clap for
2: you, sir. Thank you. Uh,
3: we've still got a few more categories, so let's try and get to them so we don't spend all of our lives talking about this man who we could talk about for hours
4: and hours. Support for this podcast comes from Smart Water. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.
3: The next one, the Habib Tony Award, pretty should be self-explanatory. This is for the fight that never happened. The opponent, you never got to see him fight that you would have liked to. A little bit tricky for Donald because Cowboy fought everybody. Fought the entire world. Fought many of them twice. Three times. Really tough. I have... I will note that he was twice booked to fight Habib, though this is a fight I don't care about having missed because <laughs> yeah. it, we all know how that would have gone, but it, it does bear noting. I have two choices here. Uh, I have... A very, very recent one, Joe Lozon, which that fight fell apart several times, a la Habib Tony, and now ultimately won't happen because he stepped in to rematch Jim Miller uh, at at 276. But the fight I went with, Bobby Green. Um, These two had a little bit of heat between them at one point in time. Green had accused Cerrone of making uh, some racist comments. He had also accused him of, of sexually harassing some of his fans. Uh, there, there was real friction here and they were booked to fight. But as we mentioned earlier, that was when Eddie Alvarez ended up coming to the UFC. Uh, that fight got switched around and instead, I don't remember who Bobby Green fought, but that's when Cerrone fought Eddie Alvarez and that fight ended up never happening. Uh, kind of weird when you think about how long and everybody who both those dudes have fought that they never ended up fighting, especially when there was friction like this. Uh, so that that's my choice, but uh, Mike, let's let. W- do you have anybody uh that I didn't mention or or one of those jump out at you particularly?
2: It was the Joe Lozon one because that was the only one that really made sense down the stretch that he hasn't fought yet. Um, mm-hmm. so I really liked that one. Bobby Green went on to fight Edson Barboza like two months later, and, and uh, that was got it. beat up. Uh, he didn't get finished, but he got beat up in that fight. But I think it's a low's on one. Like, I really want to see it. Not, not just for Donald, but I wanted to see it for Joe too because I feel like... And, and this is okay. And Joe's, Joe would be perfectly fine riding off into the sunset, coming off the win over Jonathan Pierce. But I feel like the only fight that would get Joe in there one more time is the Cerrone fight. Maybe Jim Miller. Like, if, if that fight is a possibility, he might come back for that one. But I just don't know if there's like... Outside of the UFC going back to Boston, I just don't know if Joe fights again. So, and he was ready to go. And the fact that the second fight got stopped, like the second fight didn't happen because Joe Lozon injured himself putting socks on is just such a weird way for that fight to never happen. So I think that's the one that I'll go with because Cerrone has pretty much fought everybody. And the only other name that stuck out to me was Habib. And... In 20, 15, 2014, 2015, 2016, that'd probably be the correct answer. But knowing what we know now, that can't yeah. even be in the top 5,000 Don't this even point.
3: care about seeing that fight. Also, I will note, the the Lozon choice really fits the spirit of Habib Tony. What with the sock out, <laughs> Tony's yeah, right. infamous pipe trip or whatever, <laughs> yeah. really fits the it, name of this category. It, it, packed
4: it, all, it packed all that randomness into what, like the three-month span? somehow like yeah <laughs> yeah Cerrone ate, really ta- Cerrone ate a bunch version. of
2: bad tacos like before their hey, other fight
4: got some can't say that
2: tacos
4: and he absolved the fish tacos of guilt hold on now that's this is this is a uh, slander to the fish taco industry or the fish taco tr- he said I do not blame the fish tacos he took a stand and defended that fish taco truck he ate from so please guys don't get us sued Uh Cerrone said he has nothing but, but love for that truck
2: but, but Joe Rogan said that. We have oh. to believe oh, Joe Oh, Rogan. Joe Rogan, MD. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> Joe Rogan,
4: MD. I'm just kidding. AK, <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, yeah. what about you? I'll just add on to that. Another recent miss fight, uh, the De- Diego Sanchez. I'm, I'm very curious to how that would have gone because I think that's a very winnable fight for him.
3: It's also super weird that they never fought.
4: Right? I mean, I mean, somewhere it's,
3: not, it's not because of the Jackson connection, but yeah. like, when you just think about who they are as fighters, mm-hmm. like you kind of feel like they would have fought.
4: Yeah, and it was only booked the one time, fell through the one time. Um, he ended up fighting Alex Morano instead, which is like a, was a horrible matchup at the time. He got smoked it within a round. I mean, that was just the worst person. I think he would have beaten Diego. I, I, I would have picked him to beat Diego. Uh, win a decision, totally, probably. totally reasonable. Yeah, and if he wins that fight, I don't know how much that changes things. Maybe he still only takes one more fight after. Um, and, and and retires, but I do wonder if that one win that would at least kind of broken up this this winless streak that he ended on would have pushed him towards that sort of magic number of 50 combined um, WC and UFC wins that he was talking about for the longest time. wasn't like promising he would do it, but every time he was asked, like, oh, when are you retiring? When are you retiring? He'd say, like, oh, 50. You know, 50 sounds like a good number, WC, UFC. So it didn't it go that a way. Great number. And I do wonder if one more win um, would have uh, kind of gotten him there. But we'll never know.
3: Totally could have. Just, you know, he because he mentioned trying to fight to fall in love with it again. And maybe yeah. a W maybe a W gets him back on board.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh and hey, we've done this, we're we're doing this show. There's also, we should acknowledge, total possibility that in a year or two, Soroni's just like, man, i don't oh, yeah. I wanna fight and comes back. Like, that's absolutely a thing that could happen. That, I think but I'm is, assuming he I, sticks it out.
4: I think he will come back and fight again.
3: Well, We'll we'll do an addendum episode to okay. this should that happen and, <laughs> yes. and it merit it. Uh, next category, the Sean Ferris Award for the actor who should play them in a movie. This is named after Sean Ferris, the actor who played Jake Tyler in the cinematic masterpiece, the greatest MMA film of all time, never back down. I still haven't found a better name for this, so for the time being, and maybe forever, this will just stay this award. I have a great. I have. I think the best I've ever felt about this. My choice uh, for this, so I want to go last. So, AK, this is where you thrive. You're a movie guy. Oh, who should play Donald Cowboy Cerrone in a film?
4: Can he not just play himself at this point? He's he's an actor
3: that was the first answer i right? had yeah, I went, he's, yeah know, cause, cause, i'm not gonna lie because he's too. going to be he's going to be an actor so that's the and first one i had but I, get I, it. I got a better one
4: yeah and i get it. if you're doing a biopic you want someone to play a younger seroni sure but listen they got the cg you know youth youth making technology now they could get all those wrinkles out he could play himself i mean let's i'm just i think we i feel like we've talked about his imdb page on another podcast we did recently, and like. This, this guy's got some Sheriff... I'm just looking at roles he's played uh, that are either movies that are coming out or have come out. Sheriff John McKinney. Sheriff Cole Pickering. Greg Rourke. Crackshot Bob. uh, Jeb. Just Jeb. Oh, uh, no, that's his role in the, in the uh, recent cinematic uh, masterpiece, Terror on the Prayer. He's Jeb.
3: Is it really? Oh. Uh, he did a show. So, is... Jeb is my least favorite name in the entire world. I can understand why. I, I suspect you can figure out why, but <laughs> I hate that name more than anything.
4: Uh, he, There's a short film called Ashburn where he played Pebble. So I'm very curious what that means. And of course, uh, Spencer Confidential, which actually came out on Netflix. He was, uh, he was credited as Big Boy and uh, listed... As Cowboy Cerrone in the credits, so that's kind of fun. Um, so I guess he would yeah. just play himself. I'm sorry, I didn't have, I didn't uh, put as much time to this as I could have. I that think.
3: was that was the first one I came up with, but I decided <laughs> not to go with it mainly because I don't think he's a very good actor. Uh, and then I thought of another one that I think is much much better. Mike, do you did you also go with Cowboy plays himself?
2: That was my first choice. I went and ended up going in a different direction. I will say this is kind of a boring answer because out of. The, as we talked about earlier, this was a lot of work. This is like a lot of time to dive into different things. And you could get you could get into cowboy rabbit holes for hours, like a very long time. And then to me, I was like, oh shit. I like I forgot to pick one of these. But I dove in and I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal can do a good job here. I feel like if you shave his head and, you know, give him the different looks and put a cowboy hat on him, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he looks like cowboy. You might have to do a little makeup you know, some, some cinematic stuff behind the scenes, but uh, I feel like Jake can do it justice. So I'll go with that. I can't wait to hear your answer, Jed, because I know you put a little bit more time into this than I did. I spent but I a feel lot like
3: trying to find this one. And then I feel, I feel I like Jake
2: can do it. I feel like Jake size wise can do it. I feel like he looks a little bit like Cerrone and I feel like he could get the cowboy, uh, the juxtaposition, if you will, of, of, of one cowboy and, and, and really dive deep into the man.
3: Look, well, I'm never gonna say that Jake Gyllenhaal can't do it because that man is a, is a genius. He can do anything. But neither of you have the correct answer. The correct answer is Mister Ben Foster. Uh, if Ooh, you don't know who Ben Foster is, just off the top of your head, uh, I will I will tell you exactly how I view this. He is his he is the the crazy brother in Hell or High Water. Uh, and that is, that's how he plays Donald Cerrone. Just maybe, maybe slightly less murderous, but Tanner and hell or high water. That's it's the Ben Foster right here. It is when it came to me, I was like, Oh, that's the dude. That's it. If you're making a cowboy Cerrone biopic, that's the man I want taking the role.
2: Uh, what's that movie he's in where he's just like, he's just a savage. Uh three, Alpha I Dog. So he's dog. a savage
3: oh, yeah. in a lot of movies like Lone Survivor, he also 310 does three
4: Yuma. He also does some martial arts in Alpha I think it's him. I assume he's doing his own martial arts now. There's one bizarre scene in Alpha Dog where I think it's the first scene he's in where he like karate kicks a guy, and I'm like first of all, Alpha Dog's a terrible movie. Uh awful. Ben Foster is really, great. Yeah. In, uh, some of the actors are actually really good in it, but Ben Foster is one of them. And yeah, the very first scene is in, he's doing like some martial arts in it. So now you got, is that, Jed, did you remember that? Is that one of his No, reasons? I
3: didn't remember that he could, at all. He but could, I
4: think he could do some of his own like fighting. Cause he, all just, he of the things
3: something. I think of from him are him <laughs> just being like an absolute monster of a person. <laughs> and I think when I think of Donald Cerrone and just like all of the stuff about him, it's like he's like a marginally well-adjusted crazy person because this is, like, all the things he wants to do are this. And it, it really was the hell or high water uh, role where I was like, oh, that Tanner Howard is just, like, he's Donald Cerrone if, if a lot of bad things, happen like, break for Donald Cerrone. That's just where we get, so... Because, uh, like, I can envision Donald Cerrone doing the Comanche speech. Like, 100%, <laughs> I could see him having told somebody that in real life, so...
2: I thought about I um, great
3: about that choice.
2: I thought about Jonathan Tucker too, because he was in um Solid. Kingdom. That's a good one. Oh yeah. um I feel like he's I don't know. That's a good one. Both both good choices. Both are Boston dudes, born and raised, so uh, and both are a jo- little crazy.
3: Jonathan Tucker is a good one too. Jonathan Tucker put a little put a beard on him, be fine. Um oh, yeah. Couple categories left, just two before we close the show down. The Cole Conrad Career Change Award, named after Cole Conrad, Bellator Heavyweight Champion, who retired to go sell milk. Great career choice. And the award is, what would Donald Cerrone do if he weren't a fighter? Another really easy category for me. Cowboy. You'd be a cowboy. Because (laughs) his whole life has been him trying to functionally be a cowboy, so he would just be a cowboy. Does anyone have anything else?
4: Nope. CPA. Certified public accountant. Uh, There's another world where... This man goes goes a <laughs> different direction, gets an entirely different education, um, and just this gives himself, is
3: a very far off world, huh?
4: I, I'm just listen. I I think he might have missed his calling. I think there is a you know he's talked about all the time how 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 terrified he is before fights. He's not the only fighter to say this, but he's the one who said it the most often and been so uh, forthcoming with it. Talked about like you know vomiting, he vomits before fights all the time. I guess GSP said he did that too. Um, so maybe maybe it wasn't he maybe he wasn't meant to go down this road, guys. Maybe he'd be just gone to a nice business school, get certified, and <laughs> yeah, he maybe he'd be really great at it. So I promise I won't use this answer again uh, on another show. I know I could use this for every fighter, and it's you know <laughs> you just, I get it. You I, just want every fighter to be an accountant. It could have been a CPA. Uh, I will. Oh, I swear I will only use it for uh, Donalds. Right. Unless there's a very good reason, I think like another fighter specifically would become a CPA. So I'm breaking that out for
2: a Cowboy <laughs> Mike. I'm going with a multiple-time reality show competitive champion. So oh, that's a great on, one. He would compete on uh, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, oh, which is on Spike TV. Then he'd go, go on to Wipeout. He would go on to, to many shows of that nature. To the Amazing um, race. Pros versus Donald Joe. The Challenge. One. He's got to be yeah. on The Challenge. He's got the, the Challenge. challenge. Um, he, he would be a reality show superstar and yeah. he would win lots of oh, money. That's true. Um, that's great choice. Is there still and time? just his, just the cowboy, he could Plenty probably do it, dude. There's Plenty like 800 challenge shows. He would definitely be on the challenge, <laughs> and he would probably get washed pretty quickly. The but... Bachelor,
3: just just dominate the Bachelor.
2: <laughs> God no, we're not going that far. But yeah, I think I think he would uh he would have made a pretty good living just going on these reality shows and winning a bunch of bunch of coin. So yeah, I'll go with that.
3: I love that answer. That's a great choice, Mike. Second to last, award the Phil Baroni. I'm the best ever this is for the the career peak where they where they were at their Apex where all of the things were at the best that they would ever be. I had a really tough time with this one. so uh, I would love to hear you guys thoughts because I I have answers, but I'm not married to them. I'm I'm willing to be swayed off of off of my number one and or number two choice. So AK, Mike, I don't know if either of you have a strong feeling here, but if one of you do, Mike lead lead the charge.
2: It's November 2013 to May 2015. That run for Donald Cerrone is the peak. This was Evan Dunham. We mentioned a lot of these. The Adriel Martins, Edson Barboza, Jim Miller, Eddie Alvarez, Miles Jury. And then 15 days later, Benson Henderson. Then he breaks the face of John McDessie and finally gets himself into that fight with RDA, which unfortunately didn't go that well. But November 2013 to May 2015... That is a year and a half, and that is eight fights, eight wins and five finishes. Uh all those finishes, none of them got to the third round. And then decision wins over Alvarez Jury, who he I mean, he just starched Miles Jury. Benson henderson fight wasn't all that thrilling, but it was a win. I was there for that fight. Um Wasn't the most thrilling fight. The fans were not all that into it, but when Cowboy was announced the winner, they were very into it. So Cowboy was over like Rover. The guy could do no wrong in this time. And everybody was rooting for this guy to get to get to the belt, get to the belt, get to the belt, get to the belt. And he was just fighting all the time. So I feel like this was as over as Cowboy ever was to the giant fan base. There was, outside of maybe Alexander Hernandez winning the press conference and him just folding Hernandez. I don't think Cerrone. Cerrone was way over at that point, but I think during this stretch of time, this year and a half stretch, I think Cowboy was. I mean, Cowboy was so over, and everybody was behind him.
3: A.K. What about you?
4: Friends forever. Mike, we're on the same page again. Listen, (laughs) I don't care how.
2: Everywhere.
4: I don't care how it ended. There was we. There was a remote possibility. That Tom started, he was he was there he, he he was in the cage. There was a chance, you know, that he was going to become the UFC lightweight champion, the number one one, probably the number one ranked lightweight in the world. You know, I, I, he was not a favorite to beat RDA. I get it. You know, RDA had already beaten him. Uh, RDA was getting a lot of respect at the time. I don't know. People did not expect a first round knockout. That's for sure. But they didn't expect him to win. But it doesn't matter. As as uh, Mike just outlined, he fought his way there, and the wins there were memorable. I, I, like all these wins were memorable. great finishes. Um, again, yes, the Henderson win, uh, win, not a super memorable fight, but to finally get over that hump, to finally get that win in that three fight series. The John McDissey, the No Mas, the Miles Jury, the ass kicking Eddie Alvarez. I mean, essentially making Cerrone the uh, the lineal Bellator champion. If you want to, if you want to talk about him never winning a title, Eddie Alvarez was the Bellator champion when he came over, and Cerrone beat him. So, you know. And, and just to kind of add on to that, look at all the guys, like he, all the champions he beat, just not when they were champions. We just said Benson Henderson. We just said Eddie Alvarez. Uh, KJ Noons, like an Elite XC champion. Um, who am I forgetting here? There's uh, He beat Jamie Varner eventually, again, after Varner had lost the belt. So a guy he'd been chasing and trying to win the title from forever. He got the fight. It just wasn't for the title. Any, you know, the, the, the title wasn't part of the picture anymore. He beat world champions. Like, he, he, he has wins over world champions, just not when they had belts. So, uh, And that was the peak of it, right? That was the peak of um, him so close to getting his own, and not just any title, close to getting the, you know, what is the biggest title in, in MMA, the UFC, UFC gold. Uh, and it, it ended poorly, but boy, just that, that window, you know, that window where we thought it would be possible. I mean, that's it. That, that, that's really uh, as high as he got. And he's had some, you know, he had moments after that, but um, nothing quite, quite as uh, fantastical.
3: So you guys ended up where I settled, which was, uh, I specifically chose the trilogy fight with Benson Henderson mainly because that was, he took that fight, uh, like a two days or some stupid number after the miles jury fight, um, which he wasn't happy with, but I mean, he fought Benson Henderson two weeks after he had already fought somebody else as a he lost to twice. He overcomes it. And it, even though I distinctly remember thinking Bendo probably won that fight even the third time that still was such that was the moment where he was like oh okay he is he's cleared the hurdle this dude's going to challenge for the lightweight belt and it's like you said AK maybe he can finally do it i almost went with the McDessie tko or just because it was such a such a stomping and such a good performance that that was the moment where everyone was like oh he's going to get to title a title fight oh he really does have a shot here but i think the stubendo one mattered more for him and for, for his career. So, uh, yeah, we're all kind of aligned there uh, in, in where we think it is. So, that's good. We close very on a very happy note because that's it, boys. We have one. We're at the last category, the, the coup de grace, the final. It is the Legacy Award. I still never came up with a fun name for this. This is just what Donald Cerrone meant as a fighter, what he meant to the sport, what he means to you. Where does he fit in the pantheon of MMA or or what are the the moments, the signatures that stand out the most about his career? And, uh, Mike, I will let you lead us off.
2: Don Cerrone is the Buffalo Bills of mixed martial arts. He's gotten to the dance many times.
3: Phenomenal start, by the
2: yeah. way. A gotten plus. To the dance, gotten to the dance many times and... When the lights were the brightest, he just couldn't get over that hump. And there's nothing wrong with that. The Buffalo Bills have been a historic franchise. They've had some Hall of Fame players. They've had some great moments as a franchise. Donald Cerrone had great moments as a fighter. Some great wins, some signature wins. We've talked about a lot of them. He's the guy. He's the guy that never says no. He'll fight anybody anytime, no matter how many days notice. doesn't matter. All those great things. But when the moment mattered, when the spotlight was on, he just couldn't get over that hump, whether it was in the cage or sometimes when he had a microphone in his face and he said things that he probably regrets. So, yeah, he's he's the Buffalo Bills. He's the Buffalo Bills of MMA and that's not to that's not an insult. That is just who he is. Buffalo Bills went to a lot of Super Bowls and they've had some great moments in their franchise but just never won the big one and Donald might be the most revered and most fascinating fighter to never win the big one so yeah that's he's the buffalo bills of mma
3: i love it ak uh
4: i don't cover live events very often uh the one of the last ones i was was ufc ottawa it'll probably be a long time before the ufc comes to canada again because we have very strict uh, vaccination requirements so i was in ottawa for the fight with Al quinta and I hadn't been expecting to see Cowboy after the fight because I, I had picked Iaquinta to win. So I thought Iaquinta is the one we're going to get backstage and get, you know, get the chat with Iaquinta. But uh, Cerrone won. It was a great performance. And um, he, brought, he was back there. He was with Danger. Uh, his son, uh, uh, Before we didn't mention, his, uh, his son's name is Danger, for anyone who doesn't. I'm sure everyone knows. But uh, No, that, that probably more sounded... importantly,
3: actually, more importantly, his son is named Daxon. Oh, Dan- Danger, Danger is, is, his, is middle his middle
4: name. name. All right, all right. Anyway, <laughs> I was going to call him Danger. So, uh, in,
3: no, they do call him Danger, but yes. I wanted it to be clear that Danger is literally his son's middle name.
4: Don't don't keep saying it. That's why he did it, and he just wants us to have to say he that did. every time.
3: And I'm I'm um, obliged to say it.
4: But, yeah, he did the, you know, th- this was peak uh, Dad Cerrone era. You know, I think um, he was bringing him to all the events. He was old enough that he was bringing him to all the events and really just talking about what an inspiration his son was for him. And it's such a humanizing moment. And, again, listen, we talked we talked earlier about the more unsavory elements of uh, Don Cerrone's character. And those should not be discounted. That, that is part of the man, too. That is part of the man. It's very regrettable. I, I, I hate that that side of him exists. Um, like Mike said, hopefully he's a dad now and maybe he's learning some things. Um, we don't know. But that's you know that's just us being optimistic and positive, right? But I will say in this moment, uh, it's it. I don't want to say everyone was crying. I'm probably that's not true. But they, it almost felt like there was a, um, everyone got a little misty because um, he definitely started crying. He started crying, talking about having his son there and his son being able to watch a flight and all that. And uh, it was an, it was really an amazing moment and one of those things where. It just reminds you, like, just the incredible stories, you know, and he's told so many of them, right? He's told so many of them. This is probably isn't even in the top 10. But um, for me, this was my sort of in-person experience with uh, feeling the presence of of the cowboy persona, as it were. Uh, and with, again, a little more of a human side of it because uh, he had a little little dats in danger there. So, um, yeah, that will always stick out to me. Um, just kind of being being in that situation, and it, this was not again a very big card. it was a very kind of a small, intimate setting um, where the scrum was happening, and uh, a larger than life figure for sure in in, in MMA. But uh, yeah, at that moment, just uh, just another guy, just which is what he always kind of wanted to present himself as, right? Just another guy getting into that cage, fighting for money, and being a dad, and uh, just trying to figure it out like the rest of us, you know.
3: Yeah, man. For me, there's not a moment. There's nothing because it, it's. That's not who Donald is. It's not who Cowboy is. For me, the thing that I think about, the kind of way I wanted to sum up his career is Donald Cowboy Cerrone is MMA. Like, he is he is what we love about this sport. He is what draws people in. He, he embodied the fight anybody, anywhere, anytime, any weight class. This man never pulled out of fights. He pulled out of two fights in his entire career. And one of them was the Lozon fight, like a month ago or whatever. The other one, he had a, I think like blood poisoning or something against Robbie Lawler. Like that's this man signed on the signed the dotted line, did it all the time, fought on a week's notice, on three days notice, didn't care. He just loved to scrap, and he came and he delivered performances. And he didn't always deliver wins, and sometimes he fought, he didn't deliver good good performances for himself. But man was never almost never in a fight that you would consider boring and for as much credit and he deserves the credit that Nate Diaz gets for inventing the BMF title Donald Cerrone was that like he he invented that before it got codified or a name was put on it he was just the dude who did did the things that you think of when you think of a BMF or you think of a fan favorite guy like that's that's just it for his entire career he was the embodiment of most of the best things about MMA and that's there aren't a lot of fighters who can say that uh, and that's why there aren't a lot of fighters who have you know 48 fights between the UFC and WBC and 20 some odd bonuses and all that he he just did it and it was a joy and a pleasure to watch and if if he does come back hopefully uh, it won't be sad (laughs) because they do have a ten- tendency to do that. But for the time being, you can look back at his enormous career because has the most fights of anyone we've done on the show, uh, as you might imagine, and just say, damn, he was good. So that is it, ladies and gentlemen. That is Donald Cerrone's career wrapped up in one tight hour and 45-minute bow. I hope you enjoyed it all. Uh, I hope this is going to take new fans to go back and watch some of the fights maybe check out some of the highlights we mentioned uh and we will be back in two weeks i don't know who we're doing now maybe we'll go back to the anderson silver one we had planned but some other things that might look a little more appetizing from a time standpoint but i appreciate you all being here and i really appreciate ak and mike for joining me because when i ask people to come on the show it is not a light ask because there's a lot that goes into this. We gotta talk for a lot, you gotta do research. It is it's a big endeavor, but it's one that I think is really important and that I love doing. And so thank both of you gentlemen. Thank you to MMAfighting.com, the greatest website in the world. And thank you if you've stuck along with us this whole time. Thank you for listening. I love you guys.